0: As was my custom, I visited my father, Dr. John H. Watson, every Friday to make certain he was comfortable and not in need. His general health was slowly deteriorating, and he was being deprived more and more of the simple pleasures of life. But he never complained and always greeted me with a warm smile and a wave. This Friday in the early spring of 1910... I found him standing at the window of his rooms at 221B Baker Street and staring out at a cold London morning. He continued to turn his head from side to side, as if he were following some object in motion. He was attired in a tattered maroon smoking jacket that was so badly worn it was threadbare at the elbows. I had offered to purchase him an identical replacement, and last Christmas had even given him one as a present but he would not wear it, preferring to hold on to the old smoking jacket that was the last vestige of his happier, exciting days with Sherlock Holmes. "'Good morning, Father,' I said cheerily. "'I trust your cold is better?' "'Some,' he replied with a raspy voice, before taking another puff on his favourite cherrywood pipe. "'You really should not be smoking,' I advised." It will only worsen the inflammation in your bronchial tubes. I will make a note of that, he said, his gaze still fixed on some object in the street below. I groaned to myself and thought how foolish my comment was. Here was I, a young physician at thirty-two, giving advice to an esteemed, now retired doctor who had more medical experience than all my living years put together. But I cared for the man far more than I would admit So I added At least promise that you will limit yourself to two pipefuls each day Why give a promise that I have no intention of keeping? To make your son feel better My father nodded slowly before saying A warm lie is much preferred over a cold fact, isn't it? In your case, no he flicked his wrist, which was his way of ending a particular topic of conversation. In the morning light, I could clearly see the toll the advancing years had taken on my father. Now he was a quite thin man, bent at the waist, with deeply greyed hair and moustache. His once strong jawline was particularly hidden with hanging jowls, but his eyes were clear, and his vision good despite the years. At length, he asked me, How goes your work at St. Bartholomew's? It is satisfactory, I answered, but my tone of voice said otherwise. For the past five years, I have been employed by the pathology department at St. Bartholomew's Hospital, where my workload is heavy and never-ending. But it was stimulating, and I held the highly regarded position of assistant professor. Nevertheless, the head of the department, Dr. Peter Willoughby, made life unpleasant for those who were associated with him. He covered his shortcomings with a mean bark and an even meaner bite. There are moments when I wonder if I have chosen the best place to practice my skills. Your day will come, my father prophesied. Bide your time. Willoughby's type always fades and brings about his own end. The waiting is difficult. It always is. Suddenly, my father tapped his pipe against the window and pointed to the street below. Ah, now she makes her move. I hurried over to the window to see what had so aroused my father's interest. It was a veiled woman, dressed entirely in black, alighting from a horse-drawn carriage. She appeared to be studying the street address above the door. Yet at the same time, she glanced over her shoulders. "'What do you make of that?' my father asked. "'She is looking for an address.' "'She knows the address already.' "'How can you be so certain?' "'Because the very same carriage she rides in "'has stopped briefly in front of this front door three times, "'only to drive on and return shortly.' "'Perhaps she was unsure of the address.' Three times? My father shook his head. I think not. She knew exactly where she wished...